Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 302 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to talk about the thing that everyone thinks about but doesn't want to talk about, and that is uh, a stock market crash. Now, I've done episodes on stock market crashes before, uh, so I don't want to rehash too much of that. Right? But what I do want to discuss is how a potential stock market crash uh, at this particular point in time or in the near future could impact uh, us in very different ways than it has historically. Right? So I want to break down a few things, uh, teach you a couple things about how uh, stock market crashes impact the masses, uh, and talk about how this time could be different. And I know those are dangerous last words, but uh, if this time seems to be what it is, this time could definitely be different. So stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. Now, the stock market is something that a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't take the time to try to understand. They, they think it's a bunch of uh, fake, manipulated crap. And I'm not saying that there's nothing manipulated about it. I'm not saying that um, you know anything has full reign over where asset prices go at any given time, right? But the stock market is where a lot of people's savings is held, right? Uh, the stock market is where a lot of people have their retirement savings. The stock market is where a lot of people save up money to buy other assets, save up money to buy cars or to send their kids to college or um, to buy rental properties or whatever, right? People save up money in the stock market because they want their money to grow. And historically, the stock market has been an effective place for your money to grow. So that hasn't been an issue, right? We, we can uh, find that growth. The problem with the stock market. And the problem uh, with looking for that particular growth is that sometimes we get um, this misunderstanding of what the stock market should be used for, right? And we get this misunderstanding that uh, all of our money should grow in the same way, okay? Now, this is really gonna, gonna go towards our, our conversation on emergency funds, right? Emergency funds, as we've talked about many times, are insurance against tragedy, right? So this is money that's setting aside so that if you ever need it, if you ever uh, need to get your hands on some money to take care of an emergency in your own life, then that money's there. And you don't have to worry about going into debt for whatever it may be. You don't have to worry about uh, having you know penalties for taking money out of your uh, IRAs. You don't have to worry about uh, taking loans from your 401k. You don't have to worry about any of that right? Uh, you just have money setting aside for the things that you need uh, that money setting aside for. Now, today is very different when it comes to our savings and our emergency funds than it has been in the past. Now, I say today, uh, the recent past, right? Because traditionally, 
right? Savings accounts, they offered you a little something. They said, okay, you know, if you put your money in this savings account, uh, you can be offered, uh, you know, in the in the past, you know, in my lifetime, you know, a few percent, right? You, you might get uh, 2% uh, on your savings. You know, that, that'd be awesome right now, 2% on your savings, right? Way back in the day, we were talking, you know, multiple percent on your savings, you know, six, seven, eight, nine percent uh, on savings or money market uh, accounts, right? And that's just not the case anymore, right? You don't see those types of rates on savings accounts, money market accounts, and things of the like, right? And so what this leads people to do is this leads people to leave money in savings account that's really not making much, right? Really isn't making much in the way of interest, okay? Now this, this makes people itch, and especially it makes people itch when they look around and they go, well, people around me are making money in the stock market or people around me are making money in these different assets. I want to be involved. I want to grow this money. I hate that this money is just sitting here wasting away. Now, if you know what I tell you, I tell you uh, that the money in your savings right, should be just your emergency fund and then any money that you're going to need in the next three years or so, right? Because once you start pushing past three years, especially once you get to five years, right, uh, money can be saved up in the stock market quite reliably. But in the short term, we don't know where the stock market is going, which can be a problem, right? It can be a problem that, you know, you put your money away, you don't know where the stock market's going. If the stock market plunges right at the time you need the money, then that can be a problem, right? One of the uh, situations where this rears its ugly head uh, is, you know, retirement. Obviously, we've talked about uh, that recently. We've talked about retirement withdrawals and how uh, a crash of the stock market right before you go into retirement or right as you go into retirement uh, can have some very big impacts on your retirement living if you do not plan properly, right? But this can also have impacts, let's say, if you're going to, uh, you know, pay your house off, right? You're ready to pay your house off. You've got the money there and the stock market crashes. Now you don't have the money to pay your house off anymore. Or uh, if you're paying for your kid's college, right? You may save up the money and then uh, right as you're about to need it, the market crash, right? That's why a lot of people de-risk as they get closer to the particular goal that they're looking for. That's why target date funds exist because uh, there's a target date at which you are ready to retire, at which you plan to retire, right? And the allocation moves more from uh, equity heavy, stock heavy to bond heavy over time in order to de-risk, in order to take some of that risk off of the table, right? So taking risk off of the table can be uh, very, very important. And especially it's important when you need the money, when you need that money for something. Now, the thing about emergencies and the thing about emergency funds is that we don't ever know when we're going to need the money. We don't know when it's going to be necessary for us to take that money out of that account. Therefore, we need to leave it liquid at all times, okay? We can't risk this money. We can't put this money in the stock market. We can't put this money uh, into assets that are extremely volatile because we don't know. We could need it tomorrow or we may not need it until six years from now. Okay. But eventually when we need it, right, we need it to be there. We can't have it fluctuating in value. We can't have it cut in half. We need the value that we put away. And I say four to six months of household expenses in a fully funded emergency fund because that should cover you if some of the worst things happen. Now, uh, I say some of the worst things because there are just certain tragedies that are far too costly for us to uh, want to save up for over time, right? If you have a terminal illness or, or some type of uh, major cancer or something like that, right? You're going to get help from your health plan and all those different things, but those medical bills can really stack up over a long period of time. But the emergency fund, it still helps, right? It's still uh, a very useful tool. Now, what's the problem then, right? What's the problem 
uh, with the stock market? What's the problem with emergency funds? What is the issue? Well, the issue is this. People, especially individuals and what we call retail investors, which is typically just like you and me going in, buying and selling stocks and all these different types of things. Retail investors are going into the market in droves and have been going into the market in droves. Okay, uh, This is not new. This has happened over the past year and a half or so. Okay, But when retail investors are going into the market in droves, what are they taking to the market? They're taking to the market new money, right? Money that uh, wasn't previously invested in the stock market. Now, what does that do? That inflates asset prices because as things get purchased, as demand increases for the stocks or uh, for cryptocurrency or for whatever, right, then prices rise, right? So that's no surprise, okay? And a lot of people took things like their stimulus checks and they invested those or they're taking their uh, child tax credit payments and they're investing those, right? But what may be missing here is that so many people are interested uh, in not missing out. They have this fear of missing out, right? Uh, that they're taking money that's in their savings. That's not making anything, right? Not making any money. It's making basically zero in most savings accounts, right? Uh, you're not making much money and they're taking that money and they're putting it in the stock market. Now, I don't have a problem with investing your money. Over a long period of time, investing your money is going to be necessary, right? I tell you all the time the importance of investing your money. I am not talking bad about investment. I'm not talking bad about the need to invest. What I'm talking bad about uh, is that with so many individuals putting their savings on the line in risky assets, we may be set up for an issue. We may be set up for a problem. Now, it's not a problem as long as asset prices are either stable or going up, right? Because everybody wins, right? The, the amount of money that you have in order to take care of the things that you need to take care of uh, is just increasing and increasing and increasing. Everybody's like, hey, you know, perfect. Everything's fine, okay? The problem is when things get bubbly, okay? When asset prices are super inflated and there's really not a basis for that inflation in price, Okay, so you get these high asset prices and you know you have all these individuals pushing new money in and that new money coming from uh, their cash savings or money that could be in their cash savings or may need to be in their cash savings, right? And then eventually what happens to bubbles? Bubbles pop, okay? Now I'm not suggesting that we're necessarily in the bubble of bubbles right now. Uh, I'm not suggesting that that's the case because um, there are accommodative measures that have been taken uh, to inflate our asset prices by the Federal Reserve, by the government, right? Uh, and those types of um, you know accommodations were not made back uh, when the dot-com bubble popped, right? Interest rates back then were a lot higher than they are now, right? The Fed wasn't repurchasing bonds in the way that it is now, and you know pushing money into the economy in the way that it is. Right, so it's no surprise now that it, you know the asset prices are inflated, uh, but it may have been a huge surprise back then because you had a bunch of you know dot com companies that everybody was just ooing and gooing over. Okay, but what happens when the bubble pops? Asset prices come back down to earth and can do so in a very violent way, and it can push out a lot of the retail inv investors, the retail traders, whatever. Right, it can push out a lot of new money because those people were just looking for a return. They were just looking for a way to make money. They had this fear of missing out. They didn't want to miss out on any returns, so they were putting money into things they didn't understand just to try to get a short-term hit. Okay, now how does this play into our emergency funds? Because if people are investing their savings. And let's say the stock market cuts in half. And I'm not saying that it will. I'm just saying it wouldn't be the first time. 
Okay, we've seen it do this. Or let's just say that a Black Monday situation happened like it did back in 1987 and you had uh, a huge down day. Now, uh, we can't have a down day that low anymore, right? Um, 20% is our absolute low now, right? Uh, but 22% in a single day was a huge shock back in 1987. And 22% uh, over some period of time now could be a huge shock. We know during the coronavirus crash uh, that that drop of over 30% was a huge shock, right? And when those types of drops occur, what happens to the value of your money? Obviously, it goes down, okay? Well, if that money is money that is necessary for your savings, it's necessary for um, you know the, the emergencies that you may need uh, money for, and let's say you get scared out of the market, right? You're scared out of the market. You've lost 30, 40, 50% or more on a crash, right? And you sell and you take your money out. Well, now you you sold at a loss, right? So you locked in the fact that you no longer had that money because you were afraid of that money going away, right? Which is why it shouldn't have been invested in the first place. But you were afraid of that money going away. This can become an issue because now what we have is a low stock market, Right? We have a stock market that has crashed, and then we have individuals who do not have the savings that they had. Okay, The increase in savings that we'd seen from the coronavirus pandemic, we know that the rate uh, has kind of come back down to earth in recent months. Right, But apart from the rate, the amount of savings that individuals would have would go down substantially as well because uh, a lot of people would lock in losses, a lot of people would get out and end up taking losses uh, that left them in a worse position than they were previously. And who's to say... That, you know, in situations like that, emergencies don't happen, right? If you see a huge stock market crash, that huge stock market crash is typically based on something and can typically be uh, followed by a lot of unemployment, uh, a lot of, um, you know, individuals looking for jobs, not having jobs. Uh, and if people are unemployed, what do they need? They need money, right? They need money. And what do we put an emergency fund in place for, at least in part? Well, at least in part, we put emergency funds away so that we have money in case something as bad as losing a job occurs. Well, if you don't have as much money now, then that money is going to stick with you for less time, right? And you're going to be at zero a lot quicker than you would have been otherwise, okay? Now, this all comes to the uh, importance of not investing your emergency fund. Your emergency fund cannot be invested. Right? I don't care if we're talking about just the stock market, uh, especially cryptocurrency. That just doesn't make any sense at all to me why you would put your emergency fund, something that needs to be stable, it needs to be there when you need it, Right? you would put it into an asset that is extremely volatile, that we have seen over a 50% cut in in the past 12 months. Right? We have absolutely seen that. Right? And the fact that we've seen that should tell you uh, that that's not where your stability money needs to be. Right? We need to have different buckets for our money. I'm all for risk-taking. I'm all for being in the market. I'm all for investing through crashes, okay? But we have to know that not all of our money can be tied up there because that can be problematic. It can be a problem if all of our money is tied up there and you have a bunch of people who are unemployed and then they can't cover their expenses and then the government has to step in again and all these different types of things, right? Uh, it only makes for a weaker and weaker economy, but it's because we have we have this inherent like need to take risk, right? You think about every major uh, recession or crash that has occurred in the United States, and it all comes from this greed and risk-taking that we're willing to do, 
right? We have to put that aside and we have to have some type of conservative financial um, principles that we follow on a personal level at least, right? We may not uh, you know, follow those in Washington and we may not follow those uh, in other places on Wall Street, whatever. But as an individual, you need to have some conservative uh, principles, right? Not politically conservative, but financially conservative principles that you abide by, right? That way, if something bad happens, you do have money, right? But we're not foregoing actually putting money to work and having money invested for ourselves because that is completely necessary as well, right? These things are not uh, mutually exclusive. It's not where you choose one or the other. We need to have both, right? Uh, And we need to have both in the amounts that are necessary for us and our lifestyle. Okay, so what do I suggest you do? What do I suggest is good for you as far as uh, your personal finances go? Obviously, this goes back to the financial action plan. This is nothing new. Okay, but you have to know where your money's going. You have to budget, right? You have to build up an emergency fund. You must build up an emergency fund. All right, you need to get out of consumer debt, right? At least other than your mortgage, but then eventually pay your mortgage off too, right? But you need to get out of all consumer debt because let's say you're in consumer debt right? And there's a stock market crash and then you're unemployed and you have all these bills because you're in debt, right? Well, let's say you weren't in debt and the same thing happened. Well, that money stretches a lot further, right? It stretches a lot further when, you know, you're out of work and you have this amount of money that you need to live on, right? But if you have less bills, then that money will go a lot further. You'll have a lot uh, more room in order to do the things you need to do and you'll have more time to get back on your feet, right? But if you're in debt, you're not going to have that time. You're gonna to need to find a job extremely quickly because uh, the um, the lenders are gonna knock on the door, right? Whoever you owe money to is going to knock on the door and they're going to want their money eventually, okay? So that's the case. We gotta be out of debt. We have to build up an emergency fund, right? We need to invest. Don't think that I'm saying you don't. You need to invest and you need to invest aggressively, but we cannot get caught up in the fact that people are making returns on their money and we cannot get caught up in the fact that some of our money is not made uh, to be earning a return on or a high return on at least, okay? Some of our money is going to be boring money. If you follow conservative financial principles, some of your money needs to be boring money, okay? And that's okay. At least you have money right? At least you have money in the bank in case something happens, okay? Now, the balance here is how much. The balance here is how much money is too much money to not be growing for me, right? Obviously, there needs to be a limit. Obviously, there needs to be some amount by which, you know, you say, hey, this much is too much money to be sitting on the sidelines, right? You hear people all the time that it's like, you know, they have uh, $100,000 in savings, like just in a savings account. I'm like, that money's not growing for you, Okay. And that's a, that's a proper response, okay? Because for most people, you don't need $100,000 in a savings account. You don't need $100,000 in 100% safe money. You don't need that much, okay? But the amount that you do need must be there, right? And then everything else, by all means, risk it, right? And when I say risk it, I don't mean YOLO it. I mean, uh, take the appropriate risks, put it in the stock market, right? Invest in appreciating assets, buy real estate, things of the like, right? This is important. It's important to invest. It's important to have money growing for you because we want to build wealth. We want to have money for ourselves when we're older. We want to have money uh, to live our dreams, right? You need money to live uh, your dreams in most cases, okay? So 
Um, and, and it may be in varying amounts, obviously. Some people have expensive dreams. But um, we need money. We need money in order to do what we want to do in our lives. Okay, And if you want to live a retirement that's a lot of fun and it's a lot of travel and adventure, you're going to need money in order to do that. And you won't have that money if you do not invest and, and invest aggressively. Right. So what you need is ultimately four to six months of household expenses in an emergency fund. Now, your household expenses, as they vary, guess what? So should your emergency fund. Right? If your household expenses increase uh, by a substantial margin, maybe because you're making more money or whatever, right? you should then increase your emergency fund uh, to be commensurate with that increase in expenses. Okay, uh, And the way that I tell people you can do this is uh, you can just add a little bit to that savings uh, month by month, you know, $50, $100, whatever, uh, in order to continue uh, boosting it up and to keep up with inflation as well because inflationary pressures are also very real because not only are you making nothing on this money, inflation is eating away at its purchasing power or at its value over time, right? Which can be another reason that people say, well, you need to have that money invested and putting it to work for you and all these types of things. Look. I'm all for putting money to work, but there has to be money there. There has to be money that is not going to go away, right? And some people say, well, you know, real estate doesn't ever really go down in value and I'm always going to get these rent checks. So why not invest in real estate with all of your money and not have much liquid cash and all these types of things? Look, if you put your money in real estate, that's a relatively illiquid asset, right? And so if you wanted to get money out of it other than the rents, right? Let's say you put your savings into this uh, you know, rental house or whatever, right, as a down payment or something. And yes, you're making rents off of it uh, as some type of return. But let's say you need the money out, the equity out, because uh, something has happened. It's too difficult to get to, right? And there's too much variation uh, in the demand for that area and the price of the home. And uh, there's a lot of red tape. When we need money for emergencies, when do we need it? We typically need it right now. Okay, so we need that money available to us. Now, we don't need to mistake that money for money that we can spend uh, at Pizza Hut or money that we can spend uh, on Amazon. We don't need to um, you know, think that this money is our own to spend because it's absolutely not. But if it is not there, right? if you don't have this money setting aside, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, an emergency will occur. I promise you that something will occur that's costly. Right, whether it's you need new tires on your car, which you should be taking into account anyway, but um, let's say that you know you have a flat or something, right? Or even worse, let's say your transmission on your car goes out, or let's say um, you know your roof's leaking on your home, or let's say uh, that you get into a big car wreck and it was your fault, and you only have liability insurance or whatever, right? Uh, all these things uh, can occur, and it can uh, be very, very costly. Okay, and I promise you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not wishing ill on you at all. I'm just saying that if we do not plan for these situations, we do not plan for something to actually go wrong because we have to be realistic. Things are going to go wrong and it's going to be costly, right? These are exogenous events, events that occur outside of ourselves, right? And we can't control them, but we have to react to them. And the only way that you can react to them properly is if you have the money to pay for them if something like this occurs, okay? So we have to have that money setting aside. Now, I believe that every single other dollar, other than the money you've put into your savings or your emergency fund and the money that uh, you are maybe just you know, buffering it with, right? every single other dollar that you have should be invested. right? Whether it's investing in a taxable brokerage account, something that simple, or investing in your retirement or other things. right? Uh, I believe that you should invest and invest aggressively. Okay, 
But the problem with most people is that they don't have excess cash flow to invest. Okay. They're, they're sitting around, they're living paycheck to paycheck and they have this fear of missing out again, right? They have this fear of missing out on stock market returns or crypto returns or real estate or whatever. They have this fear of missing out. And so what do they do? They take the only money that they have, which may be some savings, right? And they put that money in the middle of the table. Right, because they don't have enough money left over at the end of the month to be taking uh, that money and putting that to work systematically, okay, uh, which is a problem, and that speaks to the need for a good financial plan. That speaks to the need uh, for following something like the financial action plan because what the financial action plan is predicated upon is a couple things. It's predicated upon knowing where your money's going, so knowing how you're spending your money, right, having emergency savings, being out of debt right? Which again is going to do what? It's going to increase the amount of money that you have, right? And if those three things are, are the case, then each month you should have money left over. You should have an adequate amount of money left over to do what? To invest aggressively, okay? To pay extra on your mortgage uh, and eventually pay off your home. You should have money in order to do those things if you have an emergency fund, you know where your money's going, you're tracking, you're spending, you're budgeting properly, right? And you are completely out of consumer debt other than your home, right? You can make big strides if you're able to lay that, again, what do I call it? Your financial foundation, right? Your financial foundation is critical to being able uh, to invest aggressively and do so with the paycheck that you have. Do it with the income that you have because your income is your number one wealth building tool. It's the number one tool that you can use uh, to invest over the long term. And a lot of people, they think, oh, well, I don't have a lot of extra income laying around, so I'm just going to push my savings that I have to the middle of the table. I'm going to put that at risk. Uh, in lieu of actually getting my financial life in order because it's easier, right? It's easier to just take some money and throw it in the market uh, than it is to actually think about the ramifications of doing so and to actually take into account, uh, you know, your financial life and clean up your financial life so that you can invest in a way that is proper, in a way that is prudent, and in a way uh, that is going to benefit you over a long period of time and not just in the short term. Ultimately, this has to do with just short-term thinking, right? People think that, hey, I can go make returns today, right? Not over the next 5, 10, 15, 30, 40 years. They're thinking, I can go make returns today, this week, this month, right? Well, you don't know what's going to happen in your life today, this week, this month, okay? But you also don't know what's going to happen in the stock market or in uh, some asset price or whatever this day, this week, this month. You don't know, okay? So my ultimate plea to you is to make sure that you have a financial foundation set and leave your financial foundation alone, right? Don't try to put your foundation at risk in any way, shape, or form. Now, is the stock market a good calculated risk to take over a long period of time? Absolutely, right? I'm not arguing that. I put money in the stock market consistently and aggressively. I understand that it's a good long-term value proposition, but in the short term, we have absolutely no clue what it's going to do. We have absolutely no clue what's going to happen in the stock market in the short term. Therefore, right, we need to be extremely cautious Uh, with what money and the money that we may need being put to work in the stock market in that particular period of time. Look, if you don't get this from me all the time, this is what I want for you guys. I want you guys to adopt some principles and some principles that I teach you on a daily basis that are going to allow you uh, to reach long-term financial freedom. Right, I say that in my show at the beginning, at the the end, every single time, right? I want you to reach long-term financial freedom. And that means options. That means having money. That means having money in order to choose what you want to do in your life, 
right? That means having money in order to give. That means having money in order to spend on the things you want to spend on. That means having money um, in order to, you know, save up for your kid's college or in order to buy things with cash, right? Like cars or or whatever, or in order to uh, buy other assets that are going to appreciate over a long period of time. I want you to have those options. And you will not have options if we don't have a financial foundation. You will not have options if you're constantly risking the thing uh, that is standing behind you, right? We, we don't think about it this way, but think about if you didn't have health insurance. And some of you may not, right? But think if you don't have health insurance. You're a moment away, right? You are a second away. You are, you are an event away from something occurring in your life that's going to create a huge bill. Now, some of you may be saying, hey, I have health insurance, but I have a high deductible plan. I'm a moment away from having to pay a big bill anyway. Exactly, right? So you wouldn't live without health insurance because uh, the potential downside is unlimited, right? And in the same way, we don't wanna live without some type of financial buffer. We don't wanna live without some emergency savings that is stable, that is there, that is standing behind us, that is insurance against tragedy. We don't wanna live without it because Again, the downside is immeasurable if uh, that is not in place, okay? Again, I'm not saying that it can cover everything and I'm not saying that it will. I'm just saying that it can make your financial life a lot less burdensome if something bad were to occur and you can pay for it in cash and move on with your life. Just don't risk the thing that can eventually save you, okay? Risk the thing that is extra. Risk the residuals. Risk the thing that you're setting aside every month uh, for that particular purpose to risk it right? Uh, but ultimately, we need to have money. We need to have money that is safe. We need to have money that is set aside for emergencies only, and we need to leave it alone. And if anything, just add to it. The only reason we should be taking it out uh, is if it is a necessity, right? If it couldn't have been saved for otherwise, right? And if it is urgent, if it is right now needed, right? Otherwise, leave that money alone, and you will be far better for it over the long term. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions, and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals, and ultimately pushing on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.